Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome into the Titan Up podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on social media. On Twitter, we are at Jack A. Gentry and at Austin Huff, respectively. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. You can follow the podcast, which we strongly encourage you to do, on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod, and on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. We are under the A to Z Sports umbrella, as I always tell you guys. Make sure you're following at A to Z Sports on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all social media platforms. They have you covered, as not only the SEC season is winding down, the NFL season's coming down. Hockey's in the hockey's on the way back. We got Nashville SC in the playoffs. They're playing right now, so we might not have them tomorrow. It depends what time you're listening and what happens tonight. <laughs> yeah, but fingers go, crossed. Go follow A to Z Sports on all social media platforms. And my goodness, were we close to getting the Toronto Raptors uh, coverage on oh, A to Z Sports? That's right. And, and college basketball is yeah. coming up as well. So right now, there's uh, no, no better time than the present to get on that A to Z Sports train. This is sode number 38, uh, dare I say the Tyrone Poole sode? I, 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 that's honestly the best 38 I could come up with. I, yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure that I know a 38 either. <laughs> it's so number. hard. We, we've, it's reached so hard. The, we've reached the high 30, low 40s special team numbers. Yes, you, special you know. team guys and like random fullbacks and defensive backs that never see the field. Like that's that's the area we're in right now with uh with our sodes so we're kind of in an awkward area if you know of a good titans 38 send it to us at tighten up pod on twitter guys john glennon from broadway sports joins us today we're gonna get into everything from the last week's game against the ravens to upcoming colts game i don't know if you know this or not but it is colts hate week and we are going to hate a ton on this pod so it's uh, you're going to want to stick around for that. Plus we got a lot stick. I love how I stick around for that. Like this is a radio show. Like people are going to like <laughs> tune out. Uh, if you're obviously listening to this, you're listening to it for a purpose. So you're probably going to stick around, but yeah, but please stick around till the, uh, the interview we've got, um, uh, we got a lot to get into obviously this week. First, that game, my goodness, Ooh. Ravens Titans, they needed to win and they did. And they, they, you know, they did it in the most Titans way possible, which I absolutely love. They just wore their opponent down and and just kicked them in the mouth late in the game and came back and won. Uh, they made a lot of roster moves today. We will get into all of those. And like I said, it's Colts hate week. So we're going to get into the Colts game ahead. Plus, I remember the Titan. But before we get into all of that, let's get a word first about Mill Creek Brewing Company. Mill Creek Brewing Company, my favorite guys, located at 2008B Johnson Industrial Boulevard in Nolensville, Tennessee. Look, if you're a sports fan and you like drinking beer, you have to check out Mill Creek Brewing Company, guys. I I, I cannot you, you push you any any harder than I am right now. It's the best place to to watch a game. Look, you you have you're now getting some options back, right? You're you're gonna have the choice between college basketball, college football, NFL. Uh, MLS now. Uh, yeah, there's so many things that are going well, on hopefully. right now. Yeah, and hopefully, then, still when this drops, and even and even 
stronger than that variety of options you have there is uh, is more options in terms of beer at Mill Creek. These guys have it all. Little Harpeth, um, Darlin is really good up there as well. You have to go out to Nolansville. Go watch a game up there. Go spend some time at Mill Creek Brewing Company. And they have a the Fall Cornhole Classic. It's coming up. It's on December 5th. Get registered. Get a ticket. Even if you don't want to participate, if you don't want to bring a team there, tickets are $25. Go hang out. Go have beer. Win fun prizes. Hang out with cool people. Watch good football. Mill Creek Brewing Company. Now, with that said, let's talk tight. I hear the train a coming. It's rolling around the bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome to the Titan Up Podcast. Today is November 25th, 2020. The Tennessee Titans are 7-3. and three. Last week, the popular thing to say was, if the season ended today, the Titans would miss the playoffs. (gasps) Well, you know what? The season didn't end last week, and now, if the season ended today, the Titans would be in the playoffs. Stop the count. Jack Jack and I are starting a petition to end the season today, so please uh, sign below on the dotted line. But wait, wait. I want them to keep counting for one more week, because we... We're coming for that AFC South crown. Ooh, I like that. Got to beat the Colts. I, you know what, Jack, and I appreciate that about you. See, here I was just settling just for a playoff spot, and you're and but you're like, no, there's literally it all. They could take the crown this week. Well, I mean, not they could be in possession of the crown this week. Uh, hopefully, then we can end the season. That elusive then, crown, that crown yeah, that yeah. they haven't worn since 2008. Right. I should point out that Jack and I are doing this podcast from midfield at MNT Bank Stadium right now. So big crab uh, cake. Yep. Yeah. So suck it, John Harbaugh. <laughs> he wouldn't shake our hands either though. So don't feel bad, Mike Vrabel. Right. Which probably a good thing he didn't shake Vrabel's hand after the game, considering everyone on the, the Ravens now has the cocoa, right? Isn't that funny how 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 karma comes around kind of like that? And look, even if it was a non issue, which it completely wasn't, you can tell by the way Har- Harbaugh's body language was after the game. Uh, Butler was John Adam um Josh Kalu was was doing some some toe tap dance in the middle of the field. I thought it was awesome. Um, but yeah, turns out the Ravens have COVID like a mofo. I mean, they have what four or five staff members. Right, like their whole running backs room besides Gus Edwards has it. Yeah, uh, J.K. It, it, Dobbins and Mark Ingram, which I kind of wish. I mean, look, I don't wish the cocoa on anyone. No, but uh, I. I wish JK would have gotten it. If he's going to get it, I wish he would have gotten it before the game. Cause he, he looked good against the Titans. Yeah. He had a, he had a coming out party against the Titans, but Hey, look, hopefully no more. Look, I, I want the NFL season to finish. I want the Ravens to have a fair shot at the playoffs. I want them to miss it with no excuses, miss the playoffs with no excuses. So we want them to get healthy, but man, how bad would it, if you're in Baltimore right now, you, you same as Tennessee, you're heading into into Sunday's game, six and three. Winner, yeah. winner has seven seven and three. Playoffs are almost a cinch. You got a shot at the division, especially if you're Tennessee. Steelers are still haven't lost. Um, loser goes to six and four. Now that means th- the Ravens have lost three out of four now, and there are people in Baltimore ready to write the Ravens off. They have a, th- a Thanksgiving date with Pittsburgh. And if the Titans would have lost this game, they would be six and four going on the road to Indianapolis, a game which they would essentially have to win to stay alive. 
Yeah, not not just even for the AFC South. It would have been to stay alive just to go to the playoffs. Yeah, and, and that's that is how important everyone says, you know, or everyone's like coming in is, hey, look, you can lose and survive against the Ravens as long as you beat the Colts next week. Well, now the pressure, there still is pressure because this Titans team is built for a division title. This is the best sure. shot they've had in a decade. So they want it, they want to seize that moment while they have it. Um but but now that they've won, they, they kind of give themselves a little breathing room, a little more breathing room. You, we would have loved to see the Colts lose to the Packers. But hey, if the sky is not falling, no one's calling for Derrick Henry's job and John Robinson's job and Mike Rabel's job on Facebook this week. Oh my gosh. If you if you missed last week's sode, go back and listen. If at very least, just listen to the segment of uh, This Week in Titans Facebook because the takes were like off oh, the chain. They were, they were bad. Oh, the, the, some of the worst Titans takes you will ever hear, not just have ever heard, you will ever hear, uh, came out of the, the keyboards of certain Titans fans last week. And it is phenomenal. Um, now with Jack, I, I kind of want to, before we get to John Glennon, I want to break down this Ravens game because to me, it feels like this rivalry is back on and I'm okay in saying that because the Titans pretty much own the Ravens now they've won two of or they've won the last two they've won uh two huge uh, games to win yeah three of the last four and four of the last six so to me it this this oh, rivalry is starting yeah starting to swing back starting to swing back down south to the Titans which I love because there was a point in the in time where the Ravens owned the Titans I think they won five straight at one point in this series but now the Titans have the lead in the all-time series 13 to 12 and I love that it did start out the way that it did with the 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 disrespect I guess card was played of the Titans huddling up now to me look there's there's ways you can be disrespectful on someone else's logo and there's ways that it's just it's just that's where you're meeting where you're huddling up and the Titans huddling up to me it wasn't it wasn't a disrespect thing. John Harbaugh saw it that way, but like that, if you view the Titans huddling up at midfield as disrespectful, my question to you would be, did you see the Ravens attack attempt at tackling in this game? Because that to me is more disrespectful than anything. The Titans did God. to that shield. And AJ Brown made them look foolish. Ray Lewis nice. and Ed Reed have to be rolling over in their grave, <laughs> right? Against the Ravens defense too. That's like their thing. That's like the thing they're known for is, uh, is their defense. And Titans made them look foolish late in the game. Even Lamar Jackson said himself that he felt like his team quit. And, but before we get into like AJ Brown and all of that, I want to get into if the Titans own the Ravens, I think the uh, on the deed to the team is co-signed by Derrick Henry. <laughs> like my goodness, Derrick Henry, he is the Ravens' daddy. He is was 133 yards on 28 totes. Yep, uh, one touchdown had that 29 yard walk off. Let me ask you this: Are the Titans, and not only the Titans, but the NFL also, are they starting to figure out Lamar Jackson and how that Ravens offense ticks? Because the Titans bottled him up on Sunday, 186 yards through the air, only 51 on the ground. Yeah. Held him in check. And if you hold Lamar Jackson in check, this Ravens offense can't hurt you. Right. Because last January, remember, the Titans won big, won bigger last January. But Lamar Jackson had his way with the he Titans. He still got his right? numbers. He still did. Yeah. Against a better Titans defense. This yeah. is a worse Titans defense. And they bottled up Lamar better than they did back in January. I, I think the thing that helped the Titans more than anything 
was the Patriots playing the Ravens the week before. Kind of getting a, uh, a nasty <laughs> game, a nasty, yeah. cold, rainy game. Yes, it was an awful game with the conditions. But to me, like it was and, and not to go too cliche, but it was like a blueprint. The blueprint had been drawn. And if anything, if if one thing that I love about Mike Vrabel is if they do something well in New England, you know, Vrabel's bringing that to Nashville. And he's and clearly they did. And um, so, yeah, I, I just I just love the fact that the Titans were able to bottle up and and Derrick Henry freaking did his thing. Like, what did we say? What did we say? What do we always say on this podcast? Week 10. Week 10 is when Derrick Henry comes alive. That's when that switch gets flipped. What else do we say? Late in games is when Derrick Henry comes alive. And right. there's, a, there's a pocket of Titans fans that are the, uh, you know, the whole, and we talk about on the, on this podcast all the time, the Derrick Henry runs soft crowd. Okay, man, are they having just as bad, if not worse of a week than Ravens fans right now? Derrick because... Henry has over a hundred or over 800 yards after contact this season. Yeah. Like what? It, we talked about it last week. Every stat line is better this year at, at this point in the season is better than it was at this point in the season last year. And to, to me, shout out to the, the, the undertaker, um, because, uh, he retired on Sunday. Yes. Derrick Henry essentially became that undertaker gif where he comes out of the coffin, uh, in the fourth quarter because it through three quarters credit to the Ravens. They bottled him up, but then Derrick Henry came alive and like, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest in the, in the heyday of this rivalry, there was, you know, like the Eddie George, Ray Lewis rivalry. I I'll be willing to admit Ray Lewis had the better of Eddie George in that little yeah. matchup. Yeah, no doubt. Like, you know, just the, 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 the pick six that he had in the playoffs, the, you know, that, that pop he had in Dar- in on Eddie, uh, I think also in the playoffs another year. Yeah. That um, was a train. That was a train wreck. <laughs> It really was. But now the Titans have a bigger, stronger, faster Eddie George. What do we say all the time? Derrick Henry is just built different. And he took a pop in this game by Deshaun oh, uh, Elliott. Was that the hardest you've ever seen him get hit? Because I could yes. I, I was like, I don't think I've ever seen him get hit like that. Had I, to come out for a play? I, I Like, the Spillane hit was big, but it did not affect Derrick no. Henry the way. That, that hurt Spillane. I yes, thought Derrick right. Henry had separated his shoulder. I was worried about his collarbone. I concussion was, you know, looked kind of shaky for a second. But Austin, let me ask you this because you remember in high school when you would get a partner in like English class and you'd have a peer review where you would papers were due right before the midterm. You had a peer review to make sure, you know, you put a, you put another set of eyes on this paper to make sure there's no mistakes and they kind of, you know, go through it with yeah, with their computer kind of highlight their mistakes whatever. First of all, if you ask me a question, do you remember in high school? The answer is always going to be yes, because that was the prime of my life. I peaked <laughs> in high school, but go on. So it's so like in a peer review session, you have a partner and they look over your paper to make sure there's no mistakes. And and based on what they see on your paper, they may say, hmm, I like that. I want to add that to my paper. I want to add that to my conclusion. Add that to, you know, uh, my, my opener. My... So Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel have kind of been peer reviewing this Baltimore Ravens offense. Yeah. Now, you kind of saw what how Vrabel beat the Vrabel and the Titans beat the Ravens in the AFC divisional round last year. Okay. So Bill Belichick gets the Ravens two weeks ago. He he maybe goes over some of the t- how to beat the Ravens. Let's turn on the Titans tape. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he he may have seen something in there, you know, how to stop Lamar, how to how to kind of control the ground game. And it worked. It sure. worked. 
maybe saw the time of possession, how important that is and how, you, you know, D- Damian Harris ran for over 100 yards against the Ravens. Maybe he liked that. Maybe he, he liked how the Titans, you know, lined up against the Ravens that way. Okay. Let's head, let's rewind to last Sunday. Mike Vrabel. Maybe he's sitting in the film room all week. Hey, you know what? Let's put that Patriots film on. Hmm. Yeah. Bill check. I like what you did there. I'm going to tweak our defense a little bit. I'm going to, I may, I may work contain more, you know, give, give the inside linebackers a little more freedom to roam. Uh, deep edge rushers kind of come off secondary. We'll press a little bit. Maybe just maybe Belichick and Vrabel had a little peer review session and they might have just cracked the case and kind of given the blueprint for the rest of the NFL on how to knock off the Ravens. Yeah. I don't hate that take. And I love, um, I love the fact that the Titans have struggled so, so hard to get sacks this year. And yet there they go on Sunday getting a sack against one of the most elusive quarterbacks <laughs> in the sport. That's right. That's right. And they didn't have a sack all day until overtime in the biggest. Yeah. <laughs> look, that was the biggest sack you could have. When, when, you needed, when you needed a sack more than you've needed a sack at any point in this season, the Titans delivered. I, I think I would have lost a million dollars if someone asked me to like lay money on that. Yeah, I, a, a, an important sack in a huge situation. Uh, there were times on Sunday again, where I'm just, how is there no pressure around him? Lamar has nine seconds in the pocket. They contained him so well. And I, it, the fact that he did not run wild. I mean, I think, uh, I know at least through most of the game, Ryan Tannehill was out rushing him. And I, I I'm not sure if he, if he ended Tannehill way, finished but... with 35 Jackson had 51, but Tannehill was scooting on there. He used to say, Hey, Tannehill respect my leg, panel wheel. Yeah. Right, right. Tannehill is the new Lamar Jackson, but please don't put him on the Madden cover. Uh, uh, real quick, one last note on Derrick Henry. Uh, he had a day. And again, the people that say Derrick Henry runs off, they did not have a day because Derrick Henry took back the NFL rushing lead over Dalvin Cook. Shout out. He's he's back on top. He's got his crown back. Topped 1,000 yards for the season. Hit the 50 career touchdown mark. And had his six 100-yard game of the season and uh, scored his second overtime touchdown this season. No other team has scored even one. So how about that? Um, And uh, we we also got to talk about one other hero from Sunday's game. And you guys can't see Jack on our Zoom call right now, but he keeps awkwardly adjusting his pants. And I think it's solely based on how excited he is over AJ Brown this weekend. I was hoping hottie toddy. Hottie toddy. Am I right, Jack? AJ Brown. Look, AJ, that 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 touchdown that he was pissed again in the Colts game. You could tell things weren't going his way. Sure. I think he was pissed at the beginning of this game. Because yeah. I think didn't he have a drop early on in the game? Yeah, and yes, and, he did. And he's these drops uh, look, they're they're coming in bunches and that sucks. And he'll figure it out. Look, I'm not worried about it. But A.J. Brown's touchdown run. He caught it at the eight, ran over about four dudes. Jeremy McNichols got on his back and threw him in the end zone. That was that was as impressive as a as a play you're going to see from a wide receiver until Mike Evans did something similar with less defenders from you know fewer yards out, but still. AJ yeah, for what it's worth, for what it's worth, AJ Brown was crowned angry runs of yes, the week right. by NFL Network. So he he did he and it was a unanimous vote too. He they they gave him the angry runs over Mike Evans, over Deshaun Watson, over a few of the other bigger runs uh, today. And yeah, you're right. Four catches, 62 yards, and those 14 he got with two minutes and 18 seconds left in the game. To me, <laughs> probably the 14 biggest 
biggest receiving yards of his entire career. Cause he, he not only just makes, he makes a great catch with his hands too, which don't let that be lost in that whole run. Makes a great catch with his hands. Strong catch, physical, physical catch. Very strong catch. And then just happens to make like four dudes look silly as hell. And like, it, like literally he had a conga line going into the end zone. It was, it was phenomenal. Uh, Austin, it just makes me want to pull my hair out. How, just thinking about how Ole Miss couldn't, Win six games with DK Metcalf, <laughs> AJ Brown. That's where I was worried. I was worried. Austin Knox. I mean, what the hell? But hey, another receiver. AJ Brown didn't even lead the team. Corey Davis is back. Contract Corey is back, and yes. I'm so happy for him. Wait. He's been through. So- oh, you smell something? Do, yeah. I do you smell? Do you smell that? It smells like bananas. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like. Oh, I'm getting a, a waff of it. It's like banana. Banana bread, I think. It is banana bread. It sounds. It smells like banana bread, and it smells like it's it's going to be delicious. Oh, it smells so delicious. I mean, goodness. I don't know if I want to eat anything else for Thanksgiving this week other than the delicious banana bread being cooked up by contract Corey right now. Oh, it's, it's going to taste so good. And you, you nailed this take early on in the season. You said the Titans don't look like at least they didn't at the start of the season, that they would bring back Corey Davis next year. They did not want to give him another contract. Maybe yeah. he's best suited elsewhere in a different this environment. Year five, right? Year five of Corey Davis. This, uh, I think this is year four. They declined his fifth. Oh, yes. Year. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I think, you're I right. think that's year four. Yeah. So, so you said that Corey Davis is kind of like a banana that's starting to turn brown. The Titans don't have much use for him much longer. So how can they make the most out of him? Well, yeah. You, you don't have to eat the banana by itself. You could maybe mash it up, put it in, use it for a banana bread recipe. Yeah, Hopefully freeze it maybe. Freeze but, it. Yeah. Look, see, see what you can get out of it later on down the road. Hop and- on Pinterest, see what see what recipes are out there. Like, there's still use. Like, don't think, like, when a banana goes brown that you can't, you can't use it. It's that's that, That's the biggest lie I've ever heard in my life. You can use it for some delicious ban- banana bread. Just ask the Tennessee Titans. In this economy, you can't afford to be throwing away bananas. Okay. But look, Corey Davis, five catches, 113 yards. I mean, Corey Davis is having a, 539 yards on the season, three touchdowns. They He's still third have 100 games left. Third 100 yard receiving game of the season. It's the third, third 100 yard receiving game of the season. When was the last time you heard a Titans receiver? Uh, freaking just pop off the way he's been popping off, and this is great because it's not just Corey Davis; it's AJ Brown and Corey Davis. To the have Titans are alive again in that yeah. position, and uh, Corey Davis could he he could hit a thousand yards. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I hope I, I hope he does. Whether whether the Titans resign him or not, which I I don't think they're going to. I still don't think they're going. I don't to. I don't think they will either. They've got a lot of guys to really address after the season. They got Jayon yes. Brown, Jonu Smith. Uh, Corey Davis, obviously, and there's a, there's a few more on there on, the, on that list as right. well that they got to make a decision on. But but I, I still hope he hits a thousand yards. Like and and well, I mean, obviously, because it benefits the Titans. But like, I want to see him do well because even if the Titans don't bring him back, I want to see him get paid. If I want to see him yeah. have a month. And, and year. if they don't bring him back, he's going to get a bag from someone else who can can I afford hope spending as long as it's money. not the not the Colts or the Texans or yeah, anything like that. Anyone, anyone that they're Get him out of the division, but yeah, hopefully out of the AFC also, too. From what Corey Davis has had to go through from a personal standpoint and a mental standpoint in the last month, oh my God, could not be yeah. happier. What he That success that he had on Sunday could not have happened to a better guy, a guy yeah. who needed it more. Um, and uh, hopefully it's a sign of things to come for the rest of the season because if you get Corey Davis playing like that, 
You already have A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry. This Titans, Jonu Smith, this Titans offense becomes a, a completely different animal. And I don't want to take anything away from Ryan Tannehill because Ryan Tannehill, the Titans offense just as a whole returned to the Titans offense of old. Like it, the fourth quarter, they flipped a switch and it was it was like they couldn't miss where for the last three games, it felt like they couldn't get a first down. They came alive and it was awesome. And it, and it's funny how like Arthur Smith and his play calling, we get on him so much for for that, uh, you know, getting too cute and things like that. But we we really only say that when the players don't execute. When when yeah. they're executing, when they're firing on all cylinders, the play calling doesn't like nobody cares what he calls. If he calls a pass play on first down or second down, even second and ten, like nobody cares because they're executing. But when they don't execute, that's when you get mad. It's like, why aren't you giving yeah. the ball to Henry? Why aren't you doing that? Look, in there, there was a weird situation where Ben Jones got poked in the eye, had to come out. Jamil Douglas takes over at center, and oh, Arthur yeah. Smith calls the King Cat. And look. I didn't think anything of it before. I didn't before. I was like, let's go, King Cat, Derrick Henry. He's going to throw another touchdown pass against the Ravens, and there's going to be a fight after the touchdown. Right. Um, but Jamil Douglas snaps it a mile over his head and hot. And he, hot. He, and, played, he played one snap. He played one snap, literally. Literally one snap, and it was a bad snap. <laughs> everyone wants to get on Arthur Smith. And look, maybe it was, it was the wrong call in that situation. For, for, for the personnel. I would say like if Ben Jones yeah. is in there, fine. Run that, run run that. That no question. Yes. It's yes. But Jamil Douglas is an NFL player getting paid millions of dollars. Snap Agreed. the ball to the damn running back. That's right behind you. If you get yeah. him the ball, that play will probably result in a touchdown. I'm not going to put that as much on. That's a fluky situation from an offensive coordinator. I, there, there hasn't been many people in football who've, who've had to, you know, kind of navigate themselves around a situation like that. When you're running wild, maybe just don't run wildcat after Ben Jones right. gets hurt. That's fine. And, Arthur Smith can take it. He makes so many great. He's put. He's transformed this offense into one of the NFL's best. Sure. If you want to call Arthur Smith, you know, if you want to call that a bad call, call it a bad call. Arthur Smith yeah. is still a top three offensive coordinator in football. And I don't think it. Th- there were some bad calls by Arthur Smith, in my opinion. But I don't think that that. First of all, the the King Cat. I know it's called the King Cat, and and uh, Mike Keith calls it the King Cat. Why do we not call it the Wild King? Okay. Uh, I'm I listening. I'm just, listening. Let's just let's just. I you just know, want to put that up. You know, what Mickey Ryan. Mickey Ryan called. Later. Um, he he called, he called when Batson lined up back there. He called uh-huh. that the wild bat. I really right, like. I do that. like that. I do I like, like that. That, that rhymes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they but, use Batson in interesting ways. Look, this is just another. You got to tip your hat to Arthur Smith for figuring out how to get the most out of his personnel. Even Cam Batson, what it was kind of featured at times in the in this game plan and. and Dude is I love fast. It. I love it. He's quick twitch. He can move. He can cut yeah. on a dime. I mean. Cam, Cam fast, son. Uh, sorry. That was bad. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I I loved Cam Batson. And uh, I believe earlier this season, we deemed him the team MVP because without him, Jadavian Clowney wouldn't have had a roster spot. That's right. So, he was the sacrificial lamb to make Clowney happen. Yeah. The team MVP is coming back alive late in the season. I love to see it. He's He's this year's. Dare I say, Khalif Raymond? I, you know, some are saying it. Some are saying, some are saying it. Look, you, you know who I thought had the biggest catch on Sunday? Who? Nick Westbrook Akini on the fake punt, dude. And I, yes, and I was, I was, yes, and th- the fake punt. 
ballsiest play in the world, but my goodness, am I glad they converted it because we'd be, we'd be, we'd be like, uh, we'd be like Homer Simpson to, to, to Bart strangling the neck of Mike Rabel today. If that play didn't, if that play wasn't completed, but Logan Woodside, I mean, through a dime, I think he heard everyone saying, talking about Deshaun, Deshaun Kaiser getting signed and, uh, you know, just all the talk about, you know, quarterback. And if, 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 uh, Tannehill goes down, the Titans are screwed. And here Logan Woodside's like, yeah, well, Hey, watch, watch this, watch watch this sideline comeback route. I'm about to put on the money. Nick, Nick Westbrook did, did a great job getting depth in his route. They almost called him short of the, of the line to gain, which was ridiculous. Cause I thought he had it by half a yard, but that play turned, you know, turned the tide in the game, kind of got the momentum back on the Titan side, another underrated play. Oh, yeah. and by the way, when you have a struggling punter like that, Greg, look, we, I, I roast Craig Ackerman all the time. I think that the Titans are best suited with a different guy calling the special teams place uh, and, and kind of coming up with formations and, and the schemes and stuff on special teams. But tip of the hat, Ackerman knew his unit was struggling, keeps the ball out of Trevor Daniel's hands. Yeah. <laughs> it was great Imagine game. Trevor Daniel throwing that pass. Oh, my gosh. Dude, it, I am so close to just, just starting a GoFundMe to – to see if Titans fans would chip in for a little mini rocket ship. We could kidnap him and <laughs> strap him to just to fire him into the sun. But look, I, okay. We've now, seen, we've, now seen, we've now seen two games of Trevor Daniel. You can't for the life of me, tell me he's better than Ryan Allen because in, in even in, in Trevor Daniel's best game, which was on Sunday was nowhere near Ryan Allen was three weeks ago. I, Sorry, I just had to say that. Get that off my chest. Look, in, in his defense, he did play well. He, oh, he maybe not well, but he played better. Played, played better. better. He didn't, you know, shank anything. I think his first punt went forty he, yards. He, he still was not better than Ryan Allen was three weeks ago. No, no. And which so is, I, I don't know what he's problem. doing in practice. I don't know who he has photos of that he's hiding. I, I don't know. I just anyway. Uh, before we get to John Glennon, real quickly. Um, Jack and I were going to do a segment where we just re- read off the list of all the Titans injuries right now but literally only Joe Rogan can make a podcast that long and get away with it. So <laughs> we'll just hit on the biggest ones. And and first of all, really the biggest one that the one that stings the most, in my opinion, probably the biggest stinger since Taylor Lewan went down Jay on Brown God, dude so out for the year. And this clip, this penalty. and I cannot stress state this enough sucks. So Real quick, Jack, uh, let's just take a real quick moment of silence for Jayon Brown and the rest of his contract season. Okay, uh, Jayon, right, man. Jayon, look, we'll pull, we'll pull one out for you. Hey, that, that injury was He's playing so well this so year, too. So preventable. Look, I, it may have not have been a, as much of a dirty hit as a lazy, a lazy block from Bennett Powers, the guy who clipped Jayon and kind of flung him in the air, and he – I heard Coach McKinnis, uh, McGinnis today call call it a skateboard injury where you kind of get your legs taken out from you, and your natural reaction is to put your arm down and kind of yeah. break your fall. Uh, and he dislocates his elbow, fractures his elbow. He's done. It looks like an episode of Jackass. You know? We're going to ask John Glennon on who – yeah, look like Bam Margera just flying <laughs> through the air, right? Right. But uh, we're going to ask John Glennon about who he thinks um, is fit to play that middle linebacker position or inside linebacker position that Brown once did. If it Compton's the guy, maybe they call Wesley Woodyard. Who are some options around the league to, 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 to kind of fill that void? Because it's so important. And Jayon Brown is such an important player on this Titans defense. 
there's a guy in sitting in a coffee shop down in Franklin right now. I'm just saying, might some may say he's a, too old, but uh, to me, I think it's uh, you know worth the phone call at the very least. A uh, little, little maybe a little guy by the name of Keith Bullock. I'm Uncle just saying, Keith, bring him, hey, bring him down, Uncle Keith. Hey, before we get to the aforementioned John Glennon, let's talk about mybookie.ag. Uh, we say it every week, sports betting guys. It's like, it's getting, it's only getting more and more popular. I was listening to the radio in Nashville, uh, today and, um, literally every commercial break was like three or four just sports betting commercials. It's because it's everywhere. And here's another sports betting commercial guys. You need to go to mybookie.ag and use code my Titans to double your first deposit up to a thousand dollars. Every Saturday morning, Jack Gentry is the man with A to Z sports behind the, uh, my, my best bet, right? That's, that's right. My eight best three, bet. eight and three eight on the season. Three people. That's like, that's free money that you're just not taking. So what you need to do is you need to go to mybookie.ag, punch in the code, my Titans, you get double your first deposit up to a thousand dollars and bet on whatever the, my best bet is that you get Saturday morning from the A to Z sports, uh, social channels. It's free money. people. I don't know. Saturday morning. So anyway, uh, with that, with all that said, let's get to our guy, John Glennon, Broadway sports, dude is awesome we're gonna get into a lot with him so uh just i guess just just hang tight for like 10 seconds uh for this music to play little bumper uh enjoy it maybe bob your head up and down and then we'll get to john Stoked for our guest this week. We are joined by Titans uh, slash Preds writer for Broadway Sports now, which if you guys haven't checked out Broadway Sports, you need to because it's an awesome site. He has been, uh, and and not to mention, this guy has been everywhere before that. The Athletic, the Tennessean, uh, the Nashville Predators. He's a member of the Pro Football Writers Association and a graduate from my college's sister school, <laughs> University oh. of Virginia. Go Wahoos! Uh, the, uh, you can find him on Twitter at Glennon sports. He is John Glennon. John, how are you, man? I am well, how are you? And, and you must tell me immediately who are we the sister school of? <laughs> I know. I love, I love throwing out this fact because no one on the planet knows who their college is like quote unquote sister school <laughs> is, but I do for some reason. Uh, nice. I, I am a graduate of the university of Missouri. And, ah. and apparently Mizzou and Virginia are sister schools in the sense that their quads are identical they oh, uh, really? i think when mizzou was built they they modeled their quad after uh virginia's oh uh, after after mr jefferson's ideal eh yes in fact there's a statue of thomas jefferson on mizzou's quad or like right off the side of mizzou's quad because of that fact yeah <laughs> I, I would say i now have a brotherly feel about missouri but i guess i should say i have a a sisterly sisterly <laughs> yeah yeah we're total sisters yeah. so we okay. we can paint each other's toenails and talk about boys all we want uh no that was probably the most boring way for anyone who didn't go to mizzou or virginia way to start off this interview um but john i'll go ahead and, and ask you right off the top because i i'm curious to know we had uncle mike herndon on this podcast a couple weeks back and it was right before the the announcement the addition of broadway sports i gotta ask you how do you like working uh at broadway I like it a lot. Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, even exceeded my expectations. You know, I, I think uh, a couple of things that I really like are, are you know, the, the amount 
of, of copy, of quality copy that we have for the Titans. I mean, we've got 10 or 12 guys that are writing stories, you know, on a, on a pretty regular basis, um, you know, and, I, and I like a lot of the analysis pieces that a lot of the guys do. You know, they're, they're really good uh, in, in terms of breaking things down. You know, at the beginning of the season, they, they were actually doing film clips. NFL kind of said, yeah, we don't like that so much. You do on the actual film clip. So, but still just still photo shots that are able to break things down and, and provide some really good analysis. Uh, you know, several excellent podcasts on the site uh, as well. So I've, I've enjoyed it. And uh, as you say, we're covering, you know, Titans and, and Predators and, and uh, uh, Mighty Nashville SC, of course, too, which we yes. just uh, saw uh, emerge victorious in a playoff game. So it's been it's been good. I, I, I like it. Yeah, Nashville's a football town more ways than one now. That's right. Football. <laughs> we we've had speak, talking about Broadway sports. We had Mike Herndon, Uncle Mike Herndon, come on. He does great stuff with that F words yes. pod. You guys really have a, a ton of guys, you know, that are operating for you guys. And it, look, hey, we're we're big fans over there. F words pod and all of them as well. Um, John, I want to I want to ask you a question uh, at the start here to to kind of get get your thought. You've been in the you've been in the national sports media for quite some time now. And just say I'm old. That's fine. You just well, throw it <laughs> you're, a, you're a seasoned veteran. You're, you're a seasoned vet. Grizzled. Yes, there we go. Yeah, and, sorry. And look, uh, John Glennon is, is long for just John Glenn. That's how old he is. <laughs> and we asked That's Paul right. Kaharski this question as well. You know, he's been around a while. Joe Dubin as well. Uh, Teron Davenport, he's been here for a little bit. All the um, old guys. Well, yes, right. that's what I was getting at, John, is, right. is in, in a, uh, in a bald headed cage match style of a fight. <laughs> Where do you stand amongst the other bald members of the Nashville sports media? I know I'm above Kuharski. Yeah, okay, that's um, an easy one. Because he is a pansy. Uh, <laughs> and you can tell him I said that because he knows it. Uh, um, uh, let's see. Uh, it would be about – Teron and Joe are both bigger guys. Uh, I feel like I've still – even at my, uh, uh, my you know – advanced age i'm still a runner and soccer player so i feel like i've got a little bit of speed okay. so if i could keep away from them in the cage match and maybe tire them out Ooh, like that, that might be my uh you know my my best shot is uh, is going the stamina away so i feel i feel okay I like about my chances and kowarski I don't, I don't see kowarski getting in the in the ring he, that's he what we up. asked him we asked him that and he said he's not he you know, he doesn't do the physical stuff. He's more of a verbal jouster, <laughs> yeah. which is He'll about hurt, the answer you'd expect. your feelings, not, not, your, uh, not your, your body or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, he way back, uh, way, way back when he used to play on the same soccer team with me, uh, um, he, uh, he suffered a serious injury. Uh, he broke an elbow uh, during Ooh. a game. Um, and I, I will give him credit for uh you know not immediately saying hey you got to take me to the hospital we had driven there together he was willing to sit out the rest of the game uh let let the game proceed let me finish before uh you know we, we headed off to the hospital so give him credit for that on the other side that he never returned from from that that injury that was <laughs> yeah. one one and done. uh exactly he's, where do uh, where do you where do you and kaharski line up on the soccer field are you striker or are you more of a defenseman what where, 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 do, you, where do you find I, yourself I, I'm usually a defender, sometimes a midfield uh, guy. Kuharski is a complete cherry picker. Uh, <laughs> he, is a, he, is, he is a forward. That's, uh, that's all he does. I will, again, I will give him credit. He did score some, some big uh, uh, goals and uh, some big games for us. On the other hand, if you're counting for like the, you know, the classic two-way guy, 
going to come back, help you. Not your, not your guy. Not your guy. Huh? <laughs> not, not, this not is, cohort. this is good because we had, uh, we had uncle Paul back on, uh, on this podcast a couple months ago and all he did was roast Jack and I throughout the entire mm. interview. So this is good now that we're getting to roast him back. Uh, now yes. having John Glenn yes. on with Through us. Through you, John. You yeah. Know, regularly, uh, we, we regularly roast one another. So this is, uh, this is, this is a perfect opportunity well, for me. Hey, always welcome here. Uh, but on the topic of broken elbows, I guess, uh, yeah. Jayon Brown out for the season, which I, to me, that's just, Nothing sucks worse than that, especially on that defense, because that is a dude who has just been balling out for the last two or three years and just been awesome, and especially this year, and especially on Sunday, keeping uh, Lamar Jackson intact. Now he's out for the year. What, what do the Titans do? Like, what, what, what is the move there? Do, you, do they, they yeah. try and sign someone? Do they try maybe see uh, – knock on um, – uh, uh, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Wesley Woodyard's. Wesley Woodyard's door like is there something that they do outside of or or do they just try and pull within and and it's a it's a it's a great question because you know uh we all know Will Compton is the guy who stepped in there and and sure. you know he is one of the classic smart savvy veterans you know knows how to get people lined up knows his assignments out there but he is just not the the talented and skilled player that that Jayon Brown is. That's that's for sure. And and you know Jayon Brown was the, the leading tackler on this team, and it really I thought really picked up his game in the in the last few weeks as well. Uh, so now I know uh, the Titans did uh, work out uh, Brooks Reed today, a former Texans, former Falcons linebacker you know Mike Vrabel had some familiarity with him in Houston he's a versatile guy you know he can play inside and outside uh played nine games last year before going on IR uh again you know not the kind of guy that obviously is going to come in and, and be another Jayon Brown um so it's going to be a, a a real challenge and and I know speaking of our friend Paul Koharski, I will credit him again. He reported today that the Titans have not spoken to, to Woodley, Wesley Woodyard, so it doesn't look like they'll they'll go back in uh, in, in that direction. Um, but that's a tough one, boy. You know, because you look at some of the, the places where the injuries have have cropped up. You know, I thought Ty Sambrello, for instance, at left tackle came in and did a pretty respectable job filling in for a Pro Bowl oh, yeah. left tackle over there. And there's some other spots, you know, where players have been injured and, and guys have stepped up pretty well. It's going to be a, a pretty big chore. Uh, again, I'll say, I'll say, you know, good things about Will Compton uh, doing the right thing. Smart guy, competitive guy, but you know, it's a, it's a, a significant drop off in, in skill sets. That's, you know, I don't think anybody's exaggerating or, or uh, you know, twisting the truth there. Good podcaster though. So he's got that going. He is. Yes, yeah. he is. <laughs> Barstool, right? That's right. Um, we, Ty Sambrillo, a guy you just mentioned, you know, at the start of the season, Ty Sambrillo's out for the year. Who cares? He's, you know, he's a utility lineman. Uh, he'll play, he'll play behind Lawan or Dennis Kelly if anything goes wrong. Well, Lawan towards ACL against Houston. Now Sambrillo appears to be done for the year. They worked out Marshall Newhouse uh, yesterday, I believe, on, on Monday. But what do you expect them to do from a tackle standpoint? Because they have Questenberry on the roster. You know, he's he's stuck around in Nashville for a little while, but not really you know, playing the amount of snaps or really hardly at all any important snaps on the offensive side of the ball during his time here, besides that touchdown he caught last season, of course. But uh, where, where do you expect them to go from the tackle position? You know, honestly, th these days, 
teams aren't bringing, at least from the Titans standpoint, they're not bringing in a ton of guys that they don't wind up signing. You know, it's so hard to bring in guys to look at, you know, and have them go through the whole protocol and, and you know, the tryout, et cetera. So I, I think, you know, assuming everything goes well with Newhouse's tryout and, and physical, uh, you know, in the COVID protocol, I, I do see them signing him. And he is a guy that, you know, started, you know, several games for the New England Patriots last year. Uh, did not go particularly well for, for Marshall Newhouse last year with the Patriots, which is why he's available right now. Um, but, you know, I, I certainly think, you know, at least for depth purposes, you know, I, I think they'll bring him in. You know, and then, boy, it's yeah, the, the the big question is is you know Isaiah Wilkins, uh, or excuse me, Isaiah Wilson, is, is he at last ready to uh, to step into the lineup, or is it or is it David Quisenberry, a guy who was on the practice squad, still ahead of, of Isaiah Wilson, and honestly, I think for the for the near future, I still think uh, you know I, I my sense of it is that Wilson is not the guy that's going to be you know, going into that starting lineup at least right away. Um, and that's just kind of based on what I see. You know, we don't see all of practice, um, but we do see at least some of the individual drills and so forth. And what I see from Isaiah Wilson in the individual drills is a lot of times he's the guy holding the bag for the other guys <laughs> to, uh, to to block. Now, there's a whole second and third segment to practice after that, so I'm sure he's getting his reps. But to me, that that's a little bit of an indication that he's not on the on the verge of of you know stepping right in there, and and obviously that's got to be a huge disappointment, you know, first round draft pick, and you didn't necessarily expect him to start, uh, you know, all year or even half the year necessarily, but certainly in this situation, you would have thought it would be a natural that that at least by now that that Wilson would be playing significant minutes if not starting. And I just, I, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he is further along than I think. But my sense is uh, I, I don't see that happening immediately anyway. And Isaiah Wilson's been a point of frustration for Titans fans this entire season because you yeah. take a tackle in the first round, Yeah. You, maybe he doesn't start. Like you said, maybe it takes him a little while. But you expect him to at least be ready to contribute to the team. Here, here we are heading into week 12. Um, it doesn't seem like he is, whether it's a technique problem um, maybe a, a work ethic problem. You know, Vrabel once said he, earlier in this week he wants to see Isaiah Wilson string together a few positive days. Maybe that's the starting point for him. Maybe they set their expectations low with Wilson this week to kind of get him ready towards the back end of the season because Newhouse, you mentioned it, like his time with the Patriots didn't go well. You know, there's a reason why he's on the street right now. And Newhouse has, has experience playing at every position on, on the offensive line besides that center spot. So he's versatile. Maybe Isaiah Wilson gets ready at some point, and you have Newhouse to roll in behind somebody else if something goes awry. Yeah, what I mean, it's, it's cer certainly possible. Uh, you know, I, I guess uh, what is what is tough for Isaiah uh, Wilson's season, uh, you know, of course, is that he didn't have that off season, you know, because of the yeah. uh, the COVID situation that so many rookies uh, had. But at the same time, you know, we, you look at Nate Davis last year, and, and granted, he he did have an off season, but he didn't have much of a training camp. He was Nate Davis was injured almost all the way through training camp, a rookie on the offensive line, and I kind of thought that Wilson scenario might go similar to Nate Davis, where he didn't start. I don't think the first three games. Uh, you know, got in there in the fourth game, had, you know, took his lumps uh, for, for a number of weeks. But by the end of the season, you know, was really rounding into shape. And, you know, I, I think we've seen big, 
strides from from Nate this year. Uh, so I kind of thought that maybe that's the way that that things would play out for Isaiah Wilson. But you know, it, it's one thing Isaiah Wilson couldn't control the fact that uh, you know COVID took away the the entire OTAs and, and minicamp, but he could control you know going out uh, when he when he's not supposed to. You know, getting written up by the police, uh, the the DUI, um, you know, the the conditioning that. Uh, you know, he reported in and, and, you know, I think just a, a general maturity, you know, he does have control over so, some of the, so many of those factors. And I, I think that's why it's so disappointing for, for the Titans and their fans in regard to him. And one more thing, do you think Mike Vrabel is, is kind of looking at him chalking, you know, he, he, maybe he's got his pen and his notepad and he's starting to write, you know, the word bust. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he realizes that Isaiah Wilson might not be the guy that, John Robinson and him and Vrabel at the time thought he would be in the NFL. I, I, for, I, before you answer that, I love the fact, the idea of uh, Mike Vrabel having a notebook where he just writes the <laughs> right. word he's just writing. He's name. just looking at players at practice <laughs> writing bust or useful. Yeah, you know? this guy's good or bust. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Do you, think he's, do you think he's maybe starting to chalk this one up as a loss? I think probably in, in some ways for this year anyway, you know, I, I wonder, and, you know, of course he has never said as much, but, you know, you, you just kind of look sometimes at his, like at his body language when he, when he talks about I, Isaiah uh, and it's, it's not in my opinion anyway, it's not particularly encouraging. Um, and, you know, I can remember a couple of times this year talking to a guy like Ben Jones um, you know, and kind of asking him, hey, you know, are, are you seeing some uh, de development from your fellow Georgia uh, Bulldog there on the line? And, you know, Ben Jones really wouldn't even say his name that much. He would kind of go to an answer sort of saying, like, we're all trying to get better uh, every day. You know, we all just want to go out there and, and do our best. And you're kind of left wondering, wait a minute, you didn't say anything about, about Isaiah. Mm -hmm. And then kind of the message, I think, was he had nothing really good to say. Uh, again, that's my opinion. So, you know, I, I think uh, in this instance, you know, I, I think this year, I, I think it's really going to be tough for him to make a significant uh, impact. I, I, this year may be washed. And, and I think uh, the fact that he is a first round pick, though, I, I think that's going to, you know, buy that long leash. I, I think we'll, we'll give him a fresh start. Uh, you know, for next year, I, I would think, and, and maybe Mike Vrabel at that point could scratch out bust uh, yeah, next maybe, to his name maybe you say, bring out uh, his white out and yeah, get, get rid of that bust right. word but all the all whatever words he had would also have an f word in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to we have to remember Man. that I'll tell you what, all this 2020 first-round draft pick uh, sure is – all the talk about it is, sure is depressing. So uh, let's talk about a 2017 first-round draft pick. Oh, please. Yeah. Let's talk about Corey Davis because right. – this is a guy who is just like popping off this year and facing adversity just, you know, with the death of his brother and everything and uh, really like just tragic stuff there. And, but he, he's, he's coming alive uh, between the sidelines on the field and with the you know, added five catches for 113 on Sunday, really coming alive. My question to you, John is, I guess like, do you see the Titans bringing that, or I guess what percentage chance let's do that. Let's do that, that old trope. What percentage chance do you think the Titans bring back Corey Davis and or do you think they should now after all he's shown this year? 
I will say first off, that is an excellent question. Uh, and I say that because uh, in a day or two, you'll see that on Broadway sports. I'm going to try Ooh. and answer that, <laughs> Ooh, tease. That, 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 that question also. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, it's a, it's a great, great question. You know, I, I don't uh, disagree with what the Titans did this past spring when they chose not to pick up the, the fifth year. I don't, I don't think they could at that point based on the lack of consistency in Corey Davis, the lack of playing up to that first rounder potential. So naturally, of course, when you make that decision, well, he's going to come back with his, his best year. And, you know, I think it's three 100 yard games already this year. I think he's yeah. played in, in what, eight or nine of the games. Um, and he only had two in, combined in his previous three seasons. Um, so making a significant impact. And, and it's almost like, I think part of this too is uh, we remember that way back in training camp last year, you know, Ryan Tannehill and AJ Brown were doing a lot of work together because at that time, both of them were kind of running with the second team at the beginning right. of training camp. Um, and, and Marcus and, uh, and Corey were working a lot together. So I think that's why Ryan and AJ Brown got off to such a great start together. Once, once Ryan became starter. Well, now this year you've got Corey going through a whole, uh, training camp, uh, you know, with, uh, as a first team guy with, with Ryan Tannehill, I think that's, that's part of the reason I think there's a better chemistry with those guys right now. And I also think, you know, uh, Corey's a guy who's really hard on himself, um, and, and I think, you know, some of those expectations really weighed heavily. Like I've got to be the guy I've got, you know, I've got to be this, the, the fifth overall. And when AJ came in and has kind of taken the spotlight comfortably and, and has taken those big catches, I, I think that's almost sort of relaxed Corey to me a little bit, just kind of go out there, play your game, do your thing. Don't necessarily, you know, have to be the, the number one star, you know, on the, on the wide receiver front. So, uh, now it's, yeah, it's, it's a very tough call because it's not, only about Corey Davis, but there are other guys, whether it's this year or next year, that you have to think about re-signing too. You know, is Jayon Brown or Rashawn Evans, uh, A.J. Brown, Jonu Smith. You know, you go down the list like that, and you start having to prioritize, okay, which ones do we have enough money to uh, to sign? Um, but but Corey's a tough call. You know, you'd love to see that setup continue. You know, these are a couple of young, very good receivers and, uh, you know, and then if you get Humphreys back healthy or, you know, if you if you move on from Humphreys and, and you bring in a really speedy slot guy, which is kind of the kind of the going trend right now, you know, that's a that's a pretty good uh, combination. So you, you, you like the possibility. Uh, it's just going to come down to, to dollars and cents and, and maybe on what Corey Davis does the rest of this season, too, if he starts stacking these 100 yard games even some more of these, boy, it's going to be hard to say, okay, thanks for the four years and, yeah. you know, good, good luck to you. Right. And just kind of following up with not Corey Davis, we'll, we'll read your stuff at Broadway sports here in the next couple of days when it comes out, because I'm <laughs> yeah. interested to hear another, what you have to say. Another good tease there. <laughs> but um, looking at some other guys that are going to be free agents at year's end, Jadavian Clowney, let's assume, I mean, that's, that's pretty much a, a cinch. Titans aren't going to bring him back. Right. Okay. And I, yeah, you have, yeah I, I think you're, you're definitely right there. John John U. Smith seems like a guy that they're gonna that they they are gonna feature in their offense for for years to come. So yeah, you expect him back? Check. I I, I would certainly say so. Um, you know he he does so many things well. You know we knew he was an excellent athlete um, coming in, and and it, but it was kind of like a, a little bit of a raw project. Uh, and I think he has a become a much better uh, pass catcher and and a better blocker too. You know he's still not 
you know, we, we think back to guys like a Craig Stevens or something like that. And, and Johnny Smith is never going to be in, in that kind of a category, but I, I think he's better uh, now than he, than he was in his, uh, you know, first year or two in the, mm -hmm. in the league in that department. Um, yeah. And, and, and a great red zone target. Uh, I think all seven of his TD catches this year have, have come in the red zone. Uh, so clearly Tannehill is, is looking for him. So I, I think he's got to be close to uh, close to the number one, if not the number one priority for free agents. And then last guy I'll ask you about Desmond King got, mm -hmm. they traded him for a six or they traded for him for a six round pick. Um, have you liked what you've seen from him? Do you think he could contribute on this team, you know, for, for the future? I think he could, uh, you know, he seems to be fitting in, in pretty well so far. You know, I think they've talked about how he and, and uh, Jeffrey Simmons, uh, and, and some of the other guys have, have become very close right away. We've already seen Desmond King kind of be an emotional leader, you know, even if it's just before the game, you know, uh, firing up the guys and that kind of thing. Um, but I, I think he also brings some of the qualities that this team lost in, in Logan Ryan. Um, you know, there were two different ways, really. You could look at Logan Ryan. He got he did give up a, an awful lot of, of receptions, and he was not the fastest guy in the world, but he was a, he was a tough tackler he, he was smart uh you know and and he blitzed well uh, as well you know he had I think combined maybe eight nine sacks over the last two seasons um and I think Desmond King brings some of those qualities back kind of that little bit of a nasty edge um in in the slot as well and you know he made a huge play there near the end of that uh, Ravens game to uh, to knock away a pass that would have had the Ravens you know just knocking on the door around the, the four or five yard line right there at the at the end so I, I think, you know, I, I think he's a guy that they um, uh, would, would like to keep. And, and keep in mind, too, we haven't seen it yet, but he's a guy obviously has a, has a good uh, punt return uh, history uh, as well. So, you know, maybe if the, if the Titans do keep him, we'll, we'll see some of that as well. And, J.G., you're out there at practices, right, correct? Correct. Okay, so I have a, I have a practice question for you. Okay. What in the hell does Trevor Daniel do at practice to get the trust of these coaches? <laughs> I mean, seriously, come on. Yeah. What, what yeah. has he done? We need to know. We need yeah. to know because that, that is the biggest mystery on this podcast, <laughs> the fact that it, he has come out. And, I mean, he had a better game on Sunday, better, yeah. I guess, sure. and, but it was, still was not as good as Ryan Clark's one game. Ryan Allen, yeah. As a, or Ryan, Allen, Ryan Allen's one game as a Titan. So what, I, what, what does he do? What like, do does he have photos? Like, is he yeah. – is he, have a gun? He's bringing, he's bringing rain as, as these punts go, go, you know, it's like a seven <laughs> second hang time as they go up in there. And no, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting because apparently he is as good punting in practice uh, as, uh, as Giorgio Tavecchio was poor uh, kicking in practice. Oh, no. You know, he was the field goal kicker they brought on the practice. Italian ice, like right? A, yeah. Like a week or two ago. And our, thanks, thanks so much. Uh, Giorgio, you never played in the game for us, but we found somebody better anyway. Um, but we, I, I don't, you know, we're, we're there for the first, uh, that, you know, 20, 25 minutes of practice. And a lot of times it's, in, it's individual drills. We don't necessarily see a lot of the team, special teams drills and so forth like that. And, and apparently uh, our, our, our friend uh, uh, Trevor is, uh, is excelling um in uh in this field be. because certainly uh they uh they kept him for a uh, for a good amount of time and i would expect that they will bring him back on the on the practice squad even though they did you know wave him today but i suspect he'll be back in the practice squad even if we see brett kern return it, this week it's almost as if he like kidnapped uh mike vrabel's pooping son and and <laughs> has him for ransom that's what i think 
he did or something. I don't know. There, there uh, may be some pictures somewhere in there that, that uh, you know, involve a Titans coach or, or something like that. that Maybe he got a list across. of Vrabel's notepad with all his busts. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, John, before we let you go, got to ask you this one question. Um, so Kenny Britt is kind of, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a fun subject on this podcast. I'll say, uh, obviously, you know, he's got, uh, just a rap sheet and an arrest report. That's as long as a CBS receipt. Like, Unrivaled. Uh, it's, it's, it's unparalleled. Like it is, is incredible. Like the, I kind of wish this podcast was around when he was still on the Titans. Now you obviously were reporting on the Titans, covering the Titans, writing about the Titans when Kenny Britt was a Titan. He got arrested one time while at uh, at Club Karma, and I and John, I gotta ask you: Is it true that you once went undercover at Club Karma? Yes, no this is a true story. This is an absolute <laughs> true story. Um, it uh, it did follow. I, I guess it must have been Brett. I'm trying to recall. Yeah, there was certainly some incident at Club Karma um that that you know obviously involved the titans and and i guess you're right i i it's it's been so so many titans so many years uh but it must have been brit but anyway so the, the you know i was at the tennessee at the time I, well let's get a better idea what this club karma is like what's going on there you know uh, why don't you why don't you head on down there so you know okay sure i i head over to this uh to this downtown uh, club dance club kind of place and you know I'm waiting in, outside in line with the, with a velvet rope uh, uh, this type of thing to, to get in there and uh, so I got in there you know and I remember even asking a few bartenders hey you know what can you tell me about this what can you tell me about that and and uh, you know uh, expensing a few beers on the on the tab I think while I, while I was in there as well um, but the, yeah I'm sure you guys probably heard the most unusual aspect of that story um, which I hope they told him, and I hope I'm not busting uh, uh, this one out. But uh, Jeff Fisher was yes. in the club. Yes. yes. <laughs> that, that, yes. That night. So I, I went from like, you know, okay, I'm going to spend about 10 minutes in here, look around, and if nobody's breaking a bottle over someone's head, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head out to, oh, my God, Jeff Fisher just walked in the door right here. So this has taken an entirely new turn. But uh, fortunately, nothing, nothing too crazy. Um, you know, for the record, they played some excellent dance tunes uh, at, uh, at, at Club Karma. Um, I have not been back, and uh, my best guess is that Club Karma is no longer no longer with us. Bad Karma for for Club Karma. I, I lied. I lied about that being my last question. I have a follow up, obviously. Right. The so and yes, I was I was getting to that whole point to hear the fact that Jeff Fisher was indeed at Club Karma, which is just. I like I'm I'm floored. Like I, I knew that was coming and I'm still speechless. But John, I, I like I've never been to Club Karma, but I there's know of time. Club I, Karma. I guess there's still time. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know of it. Yeah. My I my only follow-up I have, like how much of a sore thumb did Jeff Fisher stand out? Like like 
Yeah, well, there there were a pair of thumbs, and and they were Jeff and I. Uh, there there there's <laughs> two, no two question. Two sore thumbs two, up. Two matching thumbs up. Yeah, um, but I think Jeff was there, and I just barely, uh, you know, I I didn't want to make a, a big deal out of it. So you know, I hey Jeff, how are you? Blah blah blah. You know, not nothing, nothing too significant. But you know, certainly my sense of it was that he was there for a little PR campaign that that Jeff knew. Um, you know, some bad things could be coming out involving his players uh, and their activities at Club Karma. So I think he was doing the classic Jeff Fisher, you know, kind of spin, kind of charm people while he was over there. Um, I did not see him on the dance floor uh, <laughs> uh, at any point. Uh, um, so I, I yeah, I, I, again, uh, Jeff Fisher and I were, were uh, I will say, noticeable there there's no doubt about that was so he wasn't trying to be like incognito because because i imagine like if you were like like or for jeff fisher like would he wear a fake mustache over his actual mustache <laughs> i was gonna say you would have to actually can you wear a fake fake yeah is it a fake uh, fake mustache yeah like fake skin over the mustache? yeah like like a, like hide? a bald wig over the over the over the mouth kind of yeah i'd like to see that i don't think we've ever seen that have we or barely <laughs> Uh, i'll text him yeah he is john glennon at glennon sports on twitter guys i'm i again and i obviously like every guest we get on this podcast is 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 a must follow uh for titans fans and and john glennon fits that mold to a t because he covers it all he i mean he covers more than just the titans if you're a tennessee sports fan you need to be following at glennon sports uh, and, and check out his piece coming Friday on Corey Davis. Uh, uh, might even be before that. Might even be ooh. Thursday. Yeah, oh, there okay. you go. Hey, the, right. so uh, this this podcast drops on Wednesday. So tomorrow, check out John Glennett at Broadway Sports. And just check him out throughout the season, guys. Great content, great information, great writing. I can't say enough good things about John Glennon. John, uh, thank you so much for doing this, man. This has been so much fun. Loved it. Enjoyed it, guys. Appreciate you having me on. We're gonna to have to get you on back on later on. Now that you're a guest, uh, you're you're kind of locked in. It's like a contract. Absolutely. Thing. Get, we're get we're after the on later on. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds get, good. Get uh, we should get Kowarski and I together. We'll tell our soccer stories of yesterday. Oh yeah, everybody hell will, yeah. Everybody oh. will turn off in the first thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds good to me. And and it just at very least, just we need more uh, Club Karma stories. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Might, we might have to go undercover. You know, I'll go yeah. undercover with you to Club Karma any day, JG. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jack's there every night anyway, so it's <laughs> that's right. Not Nothing like it's anything for different Jack. for him. Uh, John, thanks so much, man. Okay, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. Oh man, that interview with John Glennon, one of the best, the absolute best, and I'm not just saying that because. We're recording this part of the episode uh, before the interview happened. I'm definitely not saying it that. John Glennon, Uncle John Glennon, I guess now, just the absolute best. Glennon is the man, the, maybe the, and there's a lot of intelligent bald men around town, but. Oh, yeah. He could, he might take the the bald cake, the hairless cake. Yeah. I th- I would love to see John Glennon and uh, Uncle Joe Dubin duke it out for best of the ball. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe Paul Kaharski, but I let's be honest. We love Paul. Paul Kaharski, he even said it himself. He's into the verbal jousting, not the physical. Yeah, thing. we not a chance. Yeah, we, we in fact, didn't we ask him about getting in a fight in a media if we did a Oh, media? he got punched in the face at a Steve Winwood concert. Yeah, but there's no If you guys chance. didn't listen to that Paul Kaharski interview, go back and listen to it. Yeah, go back and listen to Uncle he Paul. He actually had fun for like 
maybe the fourth time all see, all, all year. From a man who struggles to laugh, um, <laughs> he does. He, he does he not. Laugh and he times. roasted us too. He roasted <laughs> yeah. us. Um, also, I love how we're just we're, like we're talking more about the Paul Kaharski interview <laughs> right after the John Glennon interview because we haven't recorded it yet. Uh, let's get into some Titans roster moves. Uh, Titans, I, and I love this. This is like a trend, and I don't want to jinx it, but the Titans, they're starting to make all their roster moves on Tuesdays rather than Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. The Wednesday news dump has not been around for weeks, and I'm loving it. And so Titans, I'm if you're listening. on wood. Yeah, well, yes. I am, knock, I am knocking on wood or whatever this um, whatever this Ikea desk is made out of. <laughs> uh, the, um, I, 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 the Titans, I know you're listening because, you know, <laughs> You, you, we have heard that you guys listen to this podcast. So thank you for doing the Tuesday afternoon news dump. We, we yeah. as the Titan Up podcast, appreciate that so much. So with that Tuesday afternoon news dump, a lot of roster moves made today. Obviously, we talked about it before the Glennon interview. Jayon Brown out for the season. So he was moved to IR along with uh, Sambrillo. He's expected to be at all as well. Yeah. Um, this Nashville SC game's running late, so and Glennon's a, a, a big Nashville SC guy, so we still haven't talked to him really yet. But um, I'm assuming that he just gave us a list of guys who he expects that may may work at the tackle position with Sam Brillo out. Um, Trevor Daniel, Miley's favorite Titan of all time, is finally gone. <laughs> and if I hear wait, 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 I hear, of all of all time, of like all time, more than, more than Vic Beasley, Valentino, Blake, Parrish, Cox, Trevor Daniel stands alone. <laughs> and look, also. Vic Beasley, the dude took the high road on the way out of town. I don't know if you saw his tweet, but he tweeted. Did you read the Kaharski story, actually? Kaharski, no, had a, Kaharski got him on the phone and, and wrote, a, wrote a story. Um, kind, kind of, Vic Beasley kind of told him what he thought, you know, about his time in Tennessee. He said uh, he's not trying to make a story boss to a boss man, to, to Paul Kaharski. But he kind of said, look, there's no regrets. There's no point in having regrets. Um, there's a bunch of things that played into to his decision to not show up on time, yada, yada, yada. Vic Beasley's lazy. Vic Beasley's not even that good at football anymore. Now he is in NFL purgatory with the Raiders. So have yeah. fun with them, John. I, I'm just like, I he, he tweeted out like a really nice tweet the other day. It was just like, you know, thank you to the Titans organization and the fans and the city of Nashville for yeah, embracing his agent him. wrote that. I'm not, I'm not. Oh, I, I'm sure his agent wrote that. But it was also like, it made it so much harder to like, you know, it's like when when <laughs> when your mortal enemy just takes the high road, yeah. you're like, oh, son of a bitch. Like, do I have to? Oh, come on. Titans fans still got after him in his mentions. I'll, I'll give him. Oh, I'm sure they that. did. I, Titans Twitter is just relentless. It is brutal. Uh, so, but yeah, so Vic Beasley, uh, happy trails, I guess. Um, but yeah, next time, be a dick on your way out because yeah, we wanted to hate you. Nice so. We're tired of it. And uh, but then again, he's probably he was probably really nice because of how much money he he stole from the Titans. Nine you know? million dollars for a couple offsides penalties and a few practices. Not too. bad. If I stole a suitcase full of cash from someone I hate, I too would tweet out, "Thank you for your kind <laughs> and embracing me so well. I appreciate it so much." But the good news this week, the Titans had a couple guys designated for return. Yes, and the they had three players. And before we get into who they were, you might already know. The designated to return list means that you have 21 days to practice with the team before counting on the uh, on the active roster. Now, the Titans can activate whichever player that's on this list as soon as they deem him fit to play in games. These three players. Save Hunter, the best for last. Save okay, the best okay. for last. 
we'll, we'll start with cornerback Ty Smith. A, sure. A depth, a depth position, a cornerback position that's really starting to figure itself out. Yeah. Christian Fulton. Yeah. He's going to be hear that name. That's a yeah, good. Me, that's, that's, let's get some speed back on the defensive side of the ball. A big get. And then last and definitely not least. Let's go. Brett Kern. Let's go. Let's go. They are almost all back. We're waiting on the word. We're waiting on the official word for them to be back on the active roster. But with the moves that they made at punter, waving Trevor Daniel, releasing Ryan Allen, you'd have to expect Kern to be back soon. I'm excited <sighs> about this. Oh, my gosh. Hopefully I talked earlier about Jack. Getting killed on extra points. Yeah, I talked earlier about 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 Jack having to adjust his pants. I'll tell you what, right now I am adjusting my pants because <laughs> goodness gracious, Brett Kern back on the team. Like, oh, if he could come back, if I, I and I don't know if he will or not. There, I mean, it's it's not it's not dead set that he's playing on Sunday. No, but if he can, you think about it. The difference between Titans Colts two weeks ago, seventeen points. Special those seventeen points all came on special teams. So give me Brett Kern back because that would make the special teams better. And I think it would be a much fairer fight and AJ Brown's catching the ball again. So, you know, it, you know, that was a, that was, kind of a, a yeah. that was like a 10 point swing right there with that, with that play. So it's all I'm time. saying is Brett Kern is a huge missing piece for this Titans team. And I hope, I hope, I hope he can come back on Sunday. The special teams. God's really humbled the Titans over the last couple of weeks. didn't they, you lose Brett Kern, you pretty much lose a game because of special teams against the Colts. A game that yeah. you really needed at home. Against <laughs> the first the game rivals. he's out. The first game he's out. You you or no? I guess sorry. The second game because uh, Ryan Allen punted in the Brown in the Bears game. Yeah, and but, nothing. It went off without a hitch. But we still go with Trevor. But either way, yeah. look, oh, gosh, special teams gods. We are sorry. We know what we have done. We will not do it again. Brett, give us Brett Kern back now. Um, two two guys have been cut from the team. Yeah, one of them Ryan Allen, who the aforementioned Ryan Allen, who is one of the uh, probably the greatest punter to only play in one game for the Titans of all time. Maybe NFL history. It might be. It might be. He was. In fact, I was and maybe it was a little early, but I was willing to put him up on the Titans punting Mount Rushmore along with Brett Kern and Craig Hendrick. Just just go ahead and start and chiseling Ryan Allen's face up there. And you're forgetting a punter that I will mention. And remember the Titans, stick around for oh, that. Yeah. Oh, there's a tease. Remember the Titan coming up here in just a bit. Uh, and then the other guy cut. Oh, heartbreaker. Heartbreaker. Italian ice. The Italian ice has melted, oh, if you will. They melted him. My God. Uh, Trevecchio. Uh, Giorgio Trevecchio. Giorgio Trevecchio. Thank you for that. The <laughs> Giorgio Trevecchio. That, he is on the Mount Rushmore of greatest names of Titans ever. And he never even suited up for the Titans in a game, but that continues a trend that Jack and I have done on this podcast. If we mention you as a practice squad guy or a new signee, it's not a good, it's not, it would not let us find out about you. Things are not going to go well for you with your time with the Titans, because we have, we have hyped up Ryan Allen. (laughs) We have hyped up Giorgio Trevecchio. uh, (laughs) Trevecchio. Tavecchio, no R. Just like Italian. Uh, no, no, no. Sorry. Sorry, dude. Uh, I'm doing the Italian pronunciation of That's it. That's right. Uh, That's such that, that name's so Italian. I bet he puts red sauce on his Italian ice. When you George, Italian George, ice, there's there's some Parmesan and some red sauce all over it. Right. If you just say it in the English pronunciation, you don't pronounce the R. But uh it the Italian, the proper my mom's Italian. George so Tavecco. 
George Travecchio. I'm going to still call him that. Giorgio Travecchio. Uh, And then uh, also uh, Tucker McCann, I think, is another name we could add to that list. Um, There's probably another one that I'm missing that the Titans have signed, and we've brought him up, and we've spent a significant amount of time on this podcast talking about, and then they end up getting – they never end up seeing the field, or they get cut, or – in Ryan Allen's case, they have one amazing game and then never to be heard from again. And uh, it's just, it's it's weird. I feel like we need to stop embracing new signees to the practice squad. Yeah, we're we're sorry, but like also play better. Maybe that'll help. Um, <laughs> well, no, that's the thing. Because Ryan Allen did play great. Yeah, that's, he did, he did that's nothing what, wrong besides practice. Um, Yeah, that's what, I don't know what goes on. We need to get Buck on the podcast to talk about what goes, well, I guess he doesn't know this year, 2020 with COVID and everything. I want to know what goes on at these Titans practices. What is going on to where Trevecchio's, or, Tavecchio's getting cut. Ryan Allen's getting cut. You know what? Since we haven't interviewed John Glennon, this is me thinking on my feet. We're going to, we asked about this 20 minutes ago. We asked about it. And you, <laughs> so you guys already know the answer. <laughs> you guys already know the answer. And I'll tell you what, I loved John Glennon's answer on that. Um, Nashville FC 1 0 right now. Let's go. Come on, Nashville FC. Oh, hell yeah. Come Let's on. go. Let's go. Mainly so we can have John Glennon quicker. Um, That's a perfect segue into. Remember the Titan. Yes, uh, it is. Each week we play a game where we just we literally just bring up a, a Titan of past and uh, we bring them up because uh, it's just a it's a fun bar game. Like when you just play Remember that guy, you know, it's like 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 remembering old baseball players like Rob Nen. Remember him? Uh, we do it with just with Remember the Titans, just Titans players. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go start because Jack has one that he teased before oh, so the good. podcast that he didn't tell me a punter and I can't think of who it could be. So I'm, I'm going to, I want to let him go second. So I'm going to go ahead and start my remember the Titan this week, Brian Lavelle Hicks, AKA skip, skip, Hicks. skip Hicks. Ladies and gentlemen played one season for the Tennessee Titans back in 2001 out of Burke Burnett, Texas, Went to UCLA, drafted in the third round in 1998 at pick number 69. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, it, over uh, 1,100 yards rushing in his career, averaged 3.9 yards per carry and 13 touchdowns. If you were a Titans fan in 2001, you remember the name Skip Hicks because this dude was fast. He would come up big. He didn't play very much, but he he had himself a – a, a season that year. And then he was gone. Like just, just as we we're getting used to him, just as we we're getting to love him, just like, uh, like Ryan Allen gone in the night. Skip Hicks sounds like a hall of fame bull riders name. <laughs> Skip Hicks. Does, a radio, I, I mean, or a, uh, a rodeo all-star Skip Hicks. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, his one year with the Titans had 341 yards rushing. Okay. This is the second most in his career, aside from his rookie year. And let me see here. Uh, this is great podcasting. 11 touchdowns. Or, sorry, excuse me. One touchdown. Oh. <laughs> I read that one wrong. <laughs> one, no wonder he was such a legend. Uh, no, one touchdown. Skip Hicks also played for the Toronto Argonauts of the Canadian Football League in 2004. 
appearing or the and the year the Argonauts went on to win the 92nd Grey Cup that year. I think we all remember where we were when the Argonauts won that year. Uh but Hicks unfortunately was not dressed for that game. He only he only okay. appeared in two games that season. But Skip Hicks, you are my remember the Titan. You 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 are not forgotten, Mr. Skip Hicks. My <laughs> Wait, do you do you remember him cuz I was I was ner- no, nervous. No, this I- is the second time in a row you've mentioned a player on a podcast that I don't know. The first one was Danny and Sydney. <laughs> I have no idea who these players are. I'm trying to think you're making them up. Either hey, way, a, cu- a couple people uh, a couple people tweeted at me last week letting me know that they knew yeah, Danny and Sydney. Uncle Mad, my favorite listener, by the way. All hey. you all you guys are great. It's just Uncle Mad is Elite. Uh, Uncle Matt, yes, Uncle Matt was definitely one of them who tweeted at me the uh, that he remembered Dane and Sydney. Guys, if you are uh, if you remember Skip Hicks, please tweet at me because I want to know that I'm not alone in uh, in remembering this Titan. But Jack, I need to know who your remember the Titan is. He's a punter, and when you think of punters, when you think of Titans punters in particular, Craig Hentrick, Brett Kern, simple, maybe Ryan Allen, Ryan Allen, yeah, no, Ryan Allen, Trevor definitely. Daniel. Um, (laughs) but there is one that Titans fans often forget about, and he goes by the name of Albert Joseph Trapasso, AJ Trapasso. (laughs) He was signed, signed by the Titans as a UDFA in 09 after punting at Ohio state. But AJ Trapasso may have had one of the best Titans touchdowns, um, of all time. And it happened in the preseason game, the hall of fame game yes, against the Buffalo Bills. Jeff Fisher called it. AJ Trapasso caught the snap, ready to punt, goes behind his back and takes off for 40 yards, scores a touchdown. Later in that game, he also ran out of the end zone for a safety <laughs> to run out the clock and win the game. <laughs> Which I, I love that move. When your team pulls off that move, I remember the first time I was a kid when a first time a team did that in a game and I was, I, it blew my mind. I was like, that's the most brilliant play in the world. So when it's your team running that play, I love it. I love the run out of the safety to run out the clock play. It reeks of intelligence, doesn't it? It's and better that, than the Neil Fisher's in my opinion. <laughs> so Trapasso was also the guy later in that same preseason in 09, the Titans went to the Cowboys, went, went to Dallas to play in Cowboys stadium. This was the first game Wait, in the Jerry same Dome. guy punted the ball off the damn scoreboard. He was the first person to do first that. First person to do it. And after that, the NFL changed the rule that if that if, if the punter ever hits the top of the Cowboys scoreboard, then they are to re-kick. But look, A.J. Trapasso for not playing in a real NFL game for the Titans, maybe one of the more memorable punters that most people don't remember. So look, next time you're at a bar with your buddies, and yeah. maybe mention the name AJ Trapasso. See, see what that does to them. I bet they, I bet they say, hmm, that sounds familiar. Punted a ball hey. off the top of the Cowboys scoreboard and had a behind the back to himself. Takes off down the left side of the field for a touchdown against I, the Bills. Jeff Fisher's favorite toy in his toy box. I was so excited during that play because, you know, obviously when the Hall of Fame game comes around, you are so football starved. Like the entire country watches that Hall of Fame game because everyone just wants football. And then they like after the first quarter, they realize, oh, yeah, this is the preseason. So we're not going to even get to see much. And then it kind of gets really boring quickly. But the Titans pulling off that play, I was so excited because it was so awesome. And I was so starved for football. And that just that just like fed my appetite. But then I also got really quickly pissed. I was like, why are we running this in the Hall of Fame game? Like if we have if we have a special team play that great, why are we putting it on tape in the Hall of Fame game? Use that during the regular he season. He would always do that. Jeff Fisher would always do that. Run some crazy play. 
Yeah, some crazy fake whether it's a field goal or punt in, in the like, preseason. It's like, oh, that it always worked too. So you're like, yeah. why did we not save this? Why? Was, yeah, why are you running these brain. plays? <laughs> why are you running these plays? In AJ Trapops would be a good guy to have on during the preseason next year. I'm going to write him down. We're going we're yeah. to see what he's up to. Or just during the regular season. I did, I take him on next week after the Colts <laughs> week. Uh, <laughs> I, I Jack, I think it's settled. I think it's settled. <laughs> the We have officially found our fourth face to chisel into the punter Mount Rushmore. Hendrick. Trapasso. Kern. Allen. And get old AJ Trapasso. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Trevor Daniel makes the Mount Rushmore FedEx drivers turn kickers, but <laughs> yeah. All right. What's next? What is next? Do we even need to say, do we even need to answer that own hypothetical question? It's the Indianapolis Colts guys. Hypothetical, not hypothetical, uh, not a hypothetical question. Uh, re, um, re, no, wait, what's the word I'm looking for where you ask a question, but you don't want an answer. Rhetorical. Rhetorical. Thank you. Uh, do we even need to answer our own rhetorical question? What's next? Because we all know it's Colts hate weight. Jeez, uh, oh, I am stumbling all over Stumbling here. It's okay. Start start Colts hate week. There's so much it, hatred. What's next? Do I even need to, to answer my own rhetorical question? It's Indianapolis Colts <laughs> hate week. Hashtag Colts hate week. <laughs> Isn't every week Colts hate week though, Austin? That is it. And I'm glad you asked. The answer is yes. Uh, this week and though it's is not because special. Marvin Harrison's definitely a murderer and definitely killed someone at his car wash and he's the worst person on earth, but it's right. because we hate the Colts because they're in the division and look, they've beaten the Titans the last 15 of 18 times. Okay. Whether it's Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, Josh Freeman, Ugh. Josh Johnson, Phil Curtis River, Painter, Curtis Painter, <laughs> the Colts are probably winning the ball game, but this year's supposed to be different. Okay. Yeah. You, you have Philip Rivers and a hobbled Philip Rivers. We, we saw him. He went to the locker room in the Packers game. He struggled to move around. He's going to be immobile, more immobile than he already was. The only thing that really has solid motility in Philip Rivers' bottle is, or body is his sperm. Um, <laughs> so, so, look, you got a shot at the Colts this week. You have to capitalize. I know the Titans are banged up. I know they're injured. But if, you, if the Titans win this game, they're in the driver's seat for the division. Not only that, but on the horizon, they have the Browns. They have, I believe, the Jaguars, the the Lions, and then the Texans at the last week of the season. They have winnable games down the stretch. But you really, really want to get this one just in case teams finish with a tie. Maybe Tennessee holds that tiebreaker with a win. Yeah, Phillip Rivers and his wife this week both banged up because uh, you know baby 10 <laughs> is on the way. Baby number 10 is coming. It's only a matter of time. Phillip, Not an if, but Phillip a win. Phillip's wife is literally banged up. Oh, literally banged up. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm, I think that I look, I know there's a lot of Tennessee Vols fans that listen to this podcast. And first of all, thank you. Um, really sorry for how your season is going, but, uh, uh, we thank you for listening to this podcast. Right. Uh, but, uh, so w- with that said, I, this week, the 25 finalists for the pro football hall of fame were named. And one of them, of course, was Peyton Manning in his first year of eligibility. What better week to beat the Indianapolis Colts than the week that Peyton Manning is named a, a or excuse me a semifinalist for the Hall of Fame? It'd be nice. Well, It'd be really nice to rain on the rain on his parade and his big forehead as well. Oh, the massive forehead! I, also, can we get a, can we get this done? If if you grew up a Vols fan because of Peyton Manning and abandoned the Titans in the dark days, oh, don't get me started on those people. If you're Do a Vols not. fan and a Colts fan, there's a special place. There's a special, special place in hell for you, you son of a bitch. You, you son of a bitch. 
You are a total bastard. I, I don't understand it. It makes no sense to me. Make me sick. Did I follow Jay Cutler around the league because he was a great quarterback at Vanderbilt? Irrelevant. Um, that is irrelevant. Throw even, it out. Was I even a Gosh. Dolphins fan for one year? Doesn't matter. If you <laughs> if you are a Vols and a Colts fan, then something's wrong with you. And were you, were, were you a very Calipari fan for a couple of seasons? Very That's, again, irrelevant. Great Throw show, it out. But irrelevant. Great production. Uh, objection, Your Honor. <laughs> no. Yes. So I, that's another reason why I want the Titans to win this game is just for all of the Tennessee Vols fans that did like turn their back on the Titans to follow Peyton Manning. Look, the worst I, type of person I'm all for like following a player from your favorite college into the pros. Shout out Tucker McCann. I am. And Bo Brinkley. I am like, I'm all for that. Like, like following that person. Yeah. But you you shouldn't. You shouldn't turn your back on your favorite team. And especially, Austin, especially after that guy's time in the league is done. People who are still Colts fans after Manning leave. uh, Right? Yes. You're the worst. You're the worst. At the very least, they should come back now, you know? Maybe come back. Um, So, yeah. So, Colts, hey, I mean, we don't have to, we don't really, we don't have to say how big this game is. You know how big this game is. It's massive. This is, this is literally, this, this game alone could very well decide the division i i'm if the titans lose i don't think the the division is out of the picture but it's looking less and less like it so it, it could, it's it i mean it's a, it's a must win by every ex- extent of the world and it could be a game that decides whether you're playing the chiefs or the bills first round or you know the yeah. dolphins the browns the raiders first round at home it's there's so much that, that's riding on this game and the Titans really have to put their best foot forward on Sunday. I believe they will in a bounce back effort. Colts have to be exhausted. Just played a, a game that went into overtime against the Packers. Now I know the Titans are coming off an overtime game as well, but they, they went on the road the week before against the Titans. There's gotta be an emotional, just they have to have hit, hit their peak on their emotional yeah. high and somebody has to knock them back down. And it's the Titans, the Titans, look coming off three or four losses before winning last weekend. Maybe it's that time where they start to, you know, hit the, hit the incline on the roller coaster, the roller coaster that they ride every single season. There's ups and downs. Maybe this time they're, they're getting ready to hit that steep incline, you know? And I think the Colts would be a great team to do it against. Oh man. Now you got me thinking about the hangman from Opryland USA back in the day. Shout out or the uh, screaming Delta demon. (laughs) Um, or, or maybe the rock and roller coaster or no, no, no chaos. Oh, where my, where my Opryland USA fans at you guys remember those rides that freaking gosh, I miss Opryland USA more than most things. Um, all right. So I Titans, the only thing I'll ask is that, uh, before the game, please have your team huddle meeting right there on that giant horseshoe at the middle of the field. Okay. That's right. uh, It's, it's Colts hate week. We hate the Colts. We hate the Colts more than most teams in the South because the Colts, as we talked about on the flip end with the Ravens off the top of this episode, the Colts have the Titans number. The Colts are the Titans daddy. It's time to, it's time to man up. It's time to to steal your dad's razor, shave, and then stand up to your old man and say, you know what, dad, I'm, I'm sick of this. I'm done with you. And you are, I'm a big boy. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a man now, dad. Check, I got chest hair and I'm sick and tired of you always belittling me and I'm going to, I'm taking the car. I'm going to take the keys to the, the your Thunderbird 
and I'm going out on a date tonight, and I don't care what you have to say I'm about going it. Sonic, damn it, Dad. And look, I'm going to Sonic. I'm going to get a Route 44 cherry limeade, Dad. And and you're not even going to pay for it because I make my own money. I got my job. I got a job, Dad. Look, the whole nation, not the whole nation, but a bunch of the NFL, most of the AFC will have their eyes on Sunday. And unlike Marvin Harrison's car wash, <laughs> the cameras will be rolling throughout the contest. There will not be a four-minute deletion of footage. So the Titans have to be ready to play all day. 60 minutes. Give them your best shot. Guys, go ahead and follow Tighten Up Pod on Twitter. Tighten Up Podcast on the Instagram Follow A to Z Sports on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Friendster, Napster, all of them. Uh, anything that you can think of, follow A to Z Sports. Follow my guy, Jack Gentry, Jack A. Gentry on Twitter. If you care to do so, hit me up on uh, Twitter, at Austin Huff. Let me know if you remember. Uh, tell me your favorite ride from Opryland USA this week. Uh, and or if you remember Skip Hicks. Uh, and uh, I uh, leave us a rating, leave us a review. We appreciate all of you who do. We have fun with this show, and we hope you have fun listening to it. Again, don't don't take us too seriously because we do not take our own our own selves too seriously. And um, uh, I guess Jack, do you got anything for the road? Mill Creek this weekend. See you guys there. Ooh, little date. Ooh, look, see, Jack. Jack's taking his dad's car keys. I'm taking He's- my dad's car keys and meeting up with all of my Titans fans. Dad, I'm stealing the Thunderbird. What are you going to do about it? Yes, that's what the Times are going to say to the Colts this week. All right, uh, with all of that... (laughs) With all of that said, until next week, tighten up. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans.